Hello, welcome back to Let's Watch Broadway. Great. You're on day three. Yeah, we're on day three. We just woke up. We're on day three. We actually woke up and had bagels. Right. We had breakfast this morning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Joey's had about enough of his mother. He's been with me for three days. That's not entirely true. Entirely. Hear that? The bagels. So Gasper said that the bagels in New York are better because of the water. And I said, oh, yeah, like the E. coli just makes it. (laughs) I think it's the way they're made. For, they were hand rolling them where we yeah. got them today. Yeah, where did we go? What was the name of the place? Essa Bagel. Oh my God, it was amazing. It was good. Yeah, bacon, eggs, and cheese on a bagel. I don't know Yesterday how many... was a two show day. We saw yeah. the first one we saw was The Music Man. The second show, so we saw the matinee of The Music Man. The second show that we saw, we'll tell you about next week. Right. Two show days is a lot. I think that's why we're a little tired. Is it too much? Yeah, it, but we're here to work, really. Do we suggest it to the people? If they see, we have to podcast too, so we're re- actually working and seeing two shows, getting ready for two podcasts. You just don't throw up a podcast and you know that's it. You yeah, but prepare. we podcast the next day. Yeah, but your whole day is doing that. So if you don't have to podcast, I would say two shows in a day is fine. Maybe. So it was kind of crazy. We like basically, if you're seeing two shows in one day, you wake up. You got a little bit of time to do whatever you need to do. You have to be at the show by at least 1.30 because the mat- your matinee starting at 2. Right. And Music Man was two hours and 45 minutes long. That's a long show. That's a long show. But it's... Oh. Do you want to talk about the airport first? Didn't we? I thought you said we told them last week. But that you didn't say that you recovered your baggage. I didn't. I don't think yes, so. Yes, I must. I'm, I must have told them last week because okay. we recorded the podcast yesterday. Okay. Well, there you go. Recovered my bags, you guys. Hopefully you knew that. Got everything back. Went to Delta. Yep. In 45 minutes. The New York City bomb squad turned my missing suitcase in that was just sitting outside of the airport. Right. And they looked at me like, yeah. So now I'm pretty sure I'm going to come up on some terrorist list anytime (laughs) I try to, you know, fly in a plane. But that's a story for another day, I guess. I'm glad we got it back. But the amazing part is in 45 minutes, you got from where we're staying Mm -hmm. to LaGuardia, picked up your bags and got back. Yeah. That I couldn't believe you were here. In a cab, everyone. In a cab. I didn't take like this public transit or anything like no, that. No, so. no, in a camp. Yeah, so that's why if I ever stay in Midtown again, I'll definitely fly into LaGuardia. LaGuardia. Yeah. I don't know why anyone else would ever have me fly into a different airport if I was staying on this side of town. Crazy. It it, they redid it. it. It's been redone since we were here to see you at Caroline's. Mm-hmm. And they reconstruct it and it's very organized when you get out there to get a yep. taxi. It's boom, boom, you're in a car and you're gone, you know. Quick segue for the people. Caroline's on Broadway, iconic comedy club oh. in Times, Times Square. Square. Um, where I have all of my New York City shows have always been at Caroline's. And it's closed now forever. And it is weird walking oh past it. Oh my gosh, it's like oh, a... Like no a, comics his... up on the wall, no... No lights. It's just like, oh my god! It was gut wrenching to walk. It's past like seeing it. an, it's an iconic comedy place. Close black. Yeah, it it's was just crazy dark. I I bet it comes back. But yesterday, when we walked past Caroline's, they were filming something. Yeah, and you just walked right through whatever they were filming. Nobody stopped me. <laughs> I thought I saw. What's all this salt on the ground? There's no ice here in the thing. And Joe, and you go, oh, that's the fake snow. They're filming something. I go, oh. And then actually, we did both just kind of walk right through it. Yeah, I they did the thing. How crazy was that? They didn't stop us. 
maybe they wanted that kind I of think people on the street. Have. They better well sign my name. We didn't get paid. No. That's some bullshit. But what I was saying to you is I think Caroline's will reopen. Not I don't. within the next five years or anything, but mm -hmm. I think it's gonna reopen. It's too iconic not to. Just like iconic hotels and iconic restaurants. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to come back because that Studio is. 54 never reopened. Well, that was different. There was drugs and everything else in that place. Oh, yeah. There was there was never drugs at Caroline's. That was... That was oh. <laughs> but I mean, that was... That was something else. Anyway. Anyway. So we went to see The Music Man starring yes. Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster. Well, let me tell Shout you. Shout out to Sutton Foster from Troy, Michigan. Hey, girl. A hometown girl. Yeah. This was my dream show. I've always dreamed to see it on Broadway. It's my favorite. And I never thought I would get the chance ever, ever. And then Hugh, you know, you hear Hugh Jackman's going to be in it. It's like, oh, my God, I would love to see it. But in my mind thinking, you'll never, you're not going to be able to do that, you know, blah, blah. And here I was sitting in that theater. And I'm telling you, when Miriam sang Till There Was You, I just broke down. It just was an emotional experience. It just went, it oh, overcame God. me. It just overcame me, Anna. No, in fact, she was singing Good Night, My Someone. And it was one of her first show, first songs that she really came out to sing. Her voice is incredible. And it just, it, it surprised me. It just overtook me. It was just so wonderful. There were some things about the show that I thought were really, first of all, the music band is now ruined for us forever. We'll never, we'll never see a better version of it ever, ever. Ever. We'll never no, see it better. To me, it was like seeing people who saw Zero Mostel and Fiddler on the Roof. It would be like that. It'd be like that. And then Fiddler, and then he's never reprised that role. And, you know. Yeah, it was like, it was, it was literally absolutely bonkers insane. Hugh Jackman was phenomenal. He was great. He was super great. Okay, Hugh Jackman. So cute. Oh my one God. One of the things that I thought was really cool was Hugh Jackman being in the show. He was so, he was really good. Harold Hill was like, it's like a a pretty simple vocal role. I wouldn't say it was, it's like a, it's not a complicated yeah. vocal. It's not like Miriam's. You got to have good timing. Yeah. Don't necessarily have to be a fantastic singer. And he was great. I have never seen like a, friggin' mega superstar in a show before. So that was really cool to see. Yeah. Oh, also, by the way, guys, we're talking to you about the show, <laughs> The Music Man. It closes this week. January so, 15th. Yeah, yeah, by the time this podcast comes out, you won't be able to see The Music Man on Broadway. So sorry. But we'll, you With can Hugh live Jackman. vicariously through us. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I thought was really interesting about the show is seeing somebody at that level perform. And let me tell you what, when Hugh Jackman uncovered his face... For the first time, because there's this whole scene in the train and it was just so Very good. Beginning, yeah. But he uncovers his face. The applause break for him just standing walk, up. standing there was like three minutes long. Because on the train scene, the, the interesting scene part is so how good. they block that scene. And I've seen it done before. They block the scene so your eyes are, let's say, stage right. Everything's happening stage right, so your eyes follow it. And all of a sudden... He stage left and stands up out of his seat on the train. And you're like, oh, my gosh, it, it, the, the blocking is incredible because you don't see him get on that train. You're yeah. really not. You don't see it. And all of a sudden, boom, there he is. He stands up and the crowd 
goes nuts. I think there was one thing I read and saw when it opened that he got like a 10 minute applause, Pete, and they had to just <laughs> finally shut it down because people were just going crazy. I wonder how they shut it down. I don't know, but they couldn't get people to stop because they were just so, and, and the way they bring him on is so exciting. One of the craziest things is, one of the craziest things too is that Hugh, when when you're on Broadway, you actually get paid by week. Did you know that? You get paid by the week? No, I didn't. Yeah, it's not like an hourly thing and it's not oh, no. like a salary thing. You get paid by the week and like how many, sh like eight shows a week and that's like your weekly. Right. Right. Or like, I get, I, maybe it's per show. I forget how it was explained to me. Anyway, 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 anyway. Per show and then you would get what you do for the week. It is said that Hugh Jackman is making $200,000 a week on this show alone. So $200,000 a week, if he does $200,000 a week, that means he's making $800,000 a month, which would mean in the six-month run of the show, he's making $4.8 million. It sounds low to me. It sounds low to me, too. Yeah, I think that sounds kind of low. Let's hold on. Let's look it up. According to Bright... What is this? Brightstarmusical.com. They're saying $100,000 a week. I thought yesterday with our crowd that we were with, they were saying he got 600000 a week, and that makes sense to me. Mm. But anyway, yeah. If you get us, yeah, if you get us away that level, there you go. The One of the things I wanted to say was I was the person who played the mayor in the show. I kept looking at him thinking, boy, he looks familiar. And then ding, it hit me. He was Mark Lynn Baker, and he is very talented. He's been a lot of Broadway productions, owned his own talent studio, whatever. He was actually, for people who are my age, he was in Mork and Mindy with Robin Williams back in the 60s. He played, played in that show. So anybody who remembers that show will remember him, Mark Lynn Baker. He was really, really excellent, great voice and everything. The other thing, Joe, you and I mentioned was because it's like closing week. Yeah. Jackman oh, this was so and cool. Marion were Jackman, he was so playful on that stage. What a, f he, he came off as such a fun man. He was playing pranks sort of on Miriam and she would, couldn't hide her laugh and she would start laughing. She'd raise her arm to sing and he tickled her under her arm. You know, there was things happening subtly, not unprofessional that were just hilarious. And the crowd was going, it was wild. so, and also here's the thing when you, when you're like that big of a star, like I said in last week's episode is I love that about live performances. You don't know what's going to happen. And right. they were just doing, it was very clear that they were doing just like little subtle things to like kind of make each other laugh a little yeah. bit. Because yeah. it's closing week. They're never going to play these roles again. And right. Some people really hate that. I think it was their last matinee, actually. Some directors and some producers. No, it's not their last matinee. No. on Sunday. Okay. Some directors and some producers hate that. I can that. imagine. But like, I don't know, I think it, it that's the element of theater that is different from watching a movie or watching a video. You the gotta, difference is that like you're actually there in the moment and it reminds the audience they're alive and living and they're doing true. this for you right now. Right. True. And, you know, the you've got to be able to trust your actors when that starts to happen. And they're very professional. And even though they were doing, he got thrown off by her too. She she came back at him, which was funny in mm -hmm. one scene. She pushed him and he came back to, at her like a real sexy sort of move. And she just started to laugh. 
And you just have to trust your actors that they're still professional enough that they're not going to go over the line. If they yeah. do, then you take care of it in the wings, you know, sort of thing. So it was so nice to see that playfulness that we got to witness for sure. The cast was superb. The kids in the show? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. The- what stellar talent. I'm thinking these are just kids. I mean, eight years old, you know, with voices and dancing. And what? Oh, my God. Okay, these kids here- lead a normal life? It, no way. No, I actually, I did a, remember when I did that, I did a speaking gig at the Montauk Tonk Resort mm-hmm. in upstate New York. Oh, yeah. And it was for the like New York State Charter School, Independent Schools Society, blah, 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 something yeah. like that, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they were from all over the state from like bougie ass private schools from all over New York City. Right. And I was sitting at a table with a couple teachers who taught at private schools in New York City. Mm-hmm. And they taught at these performing arts schools where the kids are they were like, half of our kids are in shows right now. And I was like, really? They're like, yeah. And some of them will like go do the show and then like come back six months later. And what do we do? You know what I mean? Yeah. But they're like, these little kids are, you could see the way they acted, the how perfect their dancing was, oh how, how on point their singing was. Yeah. You could tell that these kids were trained. Oh, yeah. They did not just find good kids who could do it. Oh, like these no. kids were trained trained. now interesting we were with my friend ann last night who is um a bit of a who's who in the opera world yeah but she was explaining to us how i am the high end the the difficulty of a child actor then becoming a a working actor as an adult yeah because being a good singer and being a good performer as a child is different than being a good singer and a good performer as an adult. Mm -hmm. And you sometimes don't like when your body changes and your voice changes and all that, you sometimes don't have it anymore. And I was thinking that too, like, Oh, I wonder how many of these kids will actually like do this for the rest of their life. I would say probably most of them are going to be involved in theater for the rest of their life. Didn't you say? I don't know. I think, I think, their inspiration and their parents' inspiration is to get them to be the Hugh Jackman of the stage or the, you know, Sutton Foster of the stage. And it seems like, you know, how many of those, how many kid actors, kid stage mm-hmm. actors do you know that have risen? I had one time I was, um, you know how in certain cultures, like it's like math, 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 reading, 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 you know? Right. There was a, a, student in my class whose parents were like that were very old school thinking culturally and they just wanted her to be a doctor like they wanted this little girl to be a doctor and she we were in fifth grade so i was like calm down first mm-hmm. of all mm-hmm. they wanted her to be a doctor so bad and they she this little girl was made to perform or to be involved in the arts and somehow you know sometimes you just get a kid in your class that's just like undeniable yeah and she loved to sing she loved to dance and act and she was so involved in it and she was talk about it all the time and her mom came into a conference and was saying she's first of all i'll never forget the phrase she is she goes i don't know what's wrong with her oh wow she goes her brother 
chooses to read medical books, he's in middle school, chooses to read that in his free time. He is doing all this extra math for himself and he wants to be, and she doesn't do any of this. She, she, all she does is sing, all she wants to do. And I said, is there no value in the arts? I said that to her. I said, is there no value in the arts? Mm -hmm. And I told them, it was very hard for me, but I told the mom, I go, she's expressing not only her interest, but what she's good at. Mm -hmm. And it was just so sad to me that this, then this parent was not having any of no, it. No, I bet not. It's a, it's a scary thought, to be honest with you, as a parent. Oh, no, I mean, sure, sure, sure. But it's a scary thought if you're looking at it like your kid has, your kid has a minimal chance of getting to like Hugh Jackman, Sutton Foster status. For sure. Right. But there are so many other jobs in this industry that that right. in entertainment, right. in theater, in dance, and whatever it is that that child could be so happy for the rest of their life. Right. You know, working on costumes, set design, stage managing, front of the house. The, there's financial managers who work in the field. Like, there's everything, you know? It's just like you can be involved some way. One but time, Laura, so... your cousin Laura was going to do so we're, college. I guess we're I guess we're name dropping our family Relative. again. But back anyway, to that. I was I think I remember she was going to go into dramaturg costume design. She uh, no, wanted to be a dramaturg. The, history, the hot no she, in college she was going to do history of costuming to be able to work on movies and sets to do the historical research on what the costume should look like for the period of the story. She would have been so good at it. So good at it. I don't know what happened, but she would have been so good at it. I didn't even know there was such a degree. There must be. There must be when you get to these big... The one thing I, would, I do want to say about that, too, is like, I know... <laughs> I'm not trying to out this person that we're talking about right now, but where they went to college was not the college that you go to to get a degree in that, I don't think. You don't know. You weren't in that path. Well... I went to that college, so I think I know. Oh, okay. I don't think that's the place where you get a degree in that. And now everybody knows. Mom, you got to stop talking about family and friends on the podcast by name. Why? Just say this person I know. Okay. God damn. This person I know, Laura. <laughs> anyway, getting back to music, man. Let's get back to music, man. ADD. You know, this is certainly a show that's going to last generations. It is a has a staying power that I don't think will ever go away because it's just so wonderful. This show opened last February, February 10 of 22. So it's actually been up for just under a year. So uh, it's probably as long as I could get Hugh Jackman was that, that year because he's in everything. But can I give a little bit of history of Music Man? Would you mind? Okay. Do you want to give history of the Music Man? Or do you want me to give you a synopsis of the New York Times review of the Music Man that we I found? We can do both. Which one do you want to do first? The New York Times review. Okay. The title of the review. Is this a review from last night's show? No. What's the date on this? February 10th. Uh, oh, wow. It was the first when it opened. It's usually when they do the review is when the show is wait, open. Wait, 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 wait. February 10th, 2022. This That's has been on Broadway for a year. I just finished Dement Dementia. <laughs> I just finished saying, tells you how he doesn't listen to me. February 10th, 2022 of 22, they opened and they have just been on just under a year. 
that's probably as long as they could get Hugh Jackman. Does that ever, does that sentence ring a bell in your head? Well, I guess so now. Okay, there you go. So it's the re, their opening night review. That's what you're giving us. An opening night review. Maybe things have changed in a year. Okay. I would love to see a closing night review. Yeah. Review from the New York Times. Written by Jesse Green. Even with Hugh Jackman, the music man goes flat. Oh, shit. Sutton Foster also returns to the neat, perky, overtly cautious Broadway revival of a musical that needs to be more of a con. There comes a moment in the latest Broadway production of The Music Man when high spirits, terrific dancing, and big stars align in an extended marvel of showbiz salesmanship. Unfortunately, the moment is the curtain call. Is there more? There's a lot more. Until the until then, the musical, which opened on Thursday night at the Winter Garden Theater, only intermittently offers the joys we expect from the classic revival starring Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster, especially one so obviously patterned on the success of another classic revival, Hello Dolly, from a few seasons back. The frenzy of love unleashed on the show by that's talking about Bet Midler and Hello Dolly. I don't know. They they rip it apart. But Jackman mostly suppresses his Starkney charisma here. This is not a star turn like Dolly, Levi, or for that matter, Peter Allen in The Boy from Oz. Instead, he seems to see Hill as a character role, a cool manipulator, traveling horn dog who's being unprincipled but also be unlovable. The, the result is a smart but strangely inward performance. By turning away from the audience, he not only undersells big numbers like You Got Trouble, in which his spellbinds citizens of River City into believing that the recent arrival of the pool table will cause juvenile delinquency for the boy band as the solution but also it undersells the storyline to us wow but the casting of Sutton Foster introduces a problem that even she cannot solve. It's an outpouring musical styles and center point numbers. Wilson's score is brilliantly designed to push different world views into proximity and sometimes into harmony, soaring above more pedestrian sounds, the townspeople with their low-down dances, thickly harmonized barbershop quartets, and Chris civic anthems, Marion Soprano liter literalizes the idealism at heart of the character and conflicts. Her lifting goodnight sweetheart someone, Harold Hill, raunchously the 76 trombones, could not be more oppositional until it turns out that they are in fact in the same melody and in different octaves at a different tempos. Though Foster can sing the required notes, she's a really she really is a belter with a mezzo quality to her voice that regardless of pitch in her high flung song, she works too hard to force the bloom when it's needed to erase the exuberance. My white knight aria is a usually rangy highlight of the role. Wow. I don't, I so disagree. Unfortunately, the flatness is an academic of this production. Holy shit, is this guy wrong? I I just really disagree, I guess. Well, let me just say something. First of all, I would have loved to have seen the opening night, and I can't imagine that it was anywhere near as horrific as he says, period. Where there are tweaks here. Any show has tweaks here and there. So this ass jerk <laughs> obviously there's people who like certain shows and don't like certain shows no matter what 
And it's very possible that he's just not a lover of Music Man, period. Or well, he really thought he saw all this. It doesn't make him right. Right. It doesn't make the experience of probably the rest of that audience the same. Right. No, that's the thing with reviews. Man, is it's imagine, one person's opinion. Can you imagine, the, you know, the first thing that I always saw or read is that when a play goes up, the first thing they do is grab the New York, what is it, New York Times? Right. And look at what's the review from last night. I hope the hell. Well, clearly, clearly, I mean, it lasted much longer than that review. Oh, for sure. I don't know. I just, first of all, this was, I mean, it's no denying it was a money grab. They put two huge stars as the leads. Like this was a, I don't know, it was a thing. And it's the music band. It's classic. It's, it's, but that's also why I loved it. It was classic Broadway. It, it, it's, it was the glitz. It was the glam. It was everything. Let's talk. Can we talk about the show itself for a second? Yeah, please. Weird show, if you think about it. Real, really weird show. Hmm. This con artist comes, if you think about it, this con artist comes into the city, fucks around with everybody, falls in love with a heavy hitter in the city. She backs him up, changes the viewpoint of everyone in the city to realize that what he did, if you look at it another way, it really wasn't that bad. He makes all of the money that he took to scam these people and 100% gets away with it. At the end of the play, I was kind of like, oh, this is just a swindling card honest who like totally gets away with it. It's a, it's, it, if you want to take reality into every story, the magic of the story. It's the magic of the story. It's the possibility. The magic of a story of a con artist who gets away with this con. Does everything have to be real? No, but. You know, why can't it just be. Do you like that storyline? I love the storyline really ascends to a, a beautiful story. What is. Okay, tell me your beautiful. He side. changes the hearts and the minds of. of of a, and I'll give you some history later, but the hearts and minds of, the, of a town that was ha has nothing. The kids had nothing. But then they became having dreams and hopes and, and excitement in their city, even right. though the yeah, con, well, con artists came through. But I don't want to get heavy into, it's a fun-filled possibility that brought you to your feet. Right, but this is also how cults start. Oh, Joey, please, it's music, man. Mom, Literally, I, I'm hey, I loved it. I absolutely loved Why it. Why do you gotta think so deep then? Okay, let's take Lulu, LuLaRoe, it, the pants. It's not even, oh, Jesus, they start Christ, selling these pants. Another, they start telling these women, You can sell coffee. these pants and you can be this big boss. These women are selling this shit and they think they're these big boss, but bosses, but really they're broke. And they finally found their purpose and they're finally selling things. And they, I am a strong, independent woman and all this, blah, blah, blah. No, bitch, you fell for a trap. That has nothing And then to... you found the spin on it. I'm and now you think Listen, that it's okay has... because you, you found some positive loophole this in it and the woman's making the big with... bucks real life stuff it's a story it's a fairy tale it's can you see it, flaws in the fairy tale it's a freaking fairy tale you're gonna are you one of those that are gonna say cinderella wasn't good for girls to watch because blah blah did and i say that it is no equivalent i never to that. i never said it wasn't good to watch i never said it wasn't good to watch <laughs> roll back the tapes i said it's a little bit of a weird story like that's a weird storyline and also there was one other thing that i didn't like in it and i think in a revival you can change things i think 
That one little bitch, Amaryllis, she makes that boy with the lisp talk. And then, first of all, I wanted to backhand her. She, the little girl, she's like seven or something. She's like, oh, Winthrop, please say my name. Oh my gosh, you won't even talk to me. And then he says, thank you, Amaryllis. And she laughs in his face. And two adults are in the house with her. And no one says, you little bitch, apologize. They Instead, she turns and she's like, oh, I'm so sad. He doesn't talk to me. He doesn't like me. He's so ashamed of himself. And they're like, we know, Amaryllis. It's, we're, we're trying. We're trying. No. You fucking tell that little Watch bitch, give me your phone, and you're done. Give me your phone. Yeah, and, and, and 19 whatever the hell. Yeah, 1907. <laughs> give me your phone, and you don't have your iPad for the week, Amaryllis. That's what I thought. I was just kind of like, it's weird. I thought it was weird. Next, what do you have to say? <laughs> I don't know what you need, some coffee or a power drink. I'm not sure. <laughs> anyway, let me give you some history of the music, man. I thought this stuff was really, first of all, it's a fabulous show. I don't look that deep into it. It's a great storyline, and it's classic. You'll enjoy it. History of the Music Man. It's a musical. It was a book and a music and lyrics written by Meredith Wilson, and it was based on a story by Meredith Wilson and Franklin Lacey. Meredith Wilson, the plot is, the plot was inspired by his boyhood Mason City, Iowa hometown. He developed the theme in 1948 in a 1948 memoir, and it was called, And There... I stood with my piccolo. After years of development... Wait, what was called in there, I stood with my piccolo? It was the name of the show? Uh, he, he developed a memoir called And There I Stood With My Piccolo. Come to find out he was a... He played the piccolo, the clarinet and everything in Philharmonic orchestras. He was in the John Philip Sousa Orchestra, you know, band. Anyway, so he developed that memoir. And then after that, he developed 40-plus drafts of The Music Man. It opened in 1957 at the Majestic Theater, and it ran until 1961. Robert Preston is in the... Wait, what year did it open? 1957. Wow. Robert Preston is in the original cast as Professor Harold Hill, and he also was in the movie. So... Who was that? Robert Preston? Yeah. Robert Preston was a Broadway actor and he did some film and he was pretty big back when. And But his most famous role became Professor Harold Hill. He died kind of young. I think he was in his 60s. But um, yeah, he was, he was pretty popular back then. Yeah. Okay. So he was born in 1918. Can you do this quick math? Born in 1918 died in 1987. Yeah, he was about 60-something years old. 69. Yeah. That's... Young. I feel like the age people were dying in the 80s, right? <laughs> oh, really? I don't know, right? Oh, no. Has the average life expectancy changed since then? No, I think so. I think it always changes anyway. So that's the history. Of the music. A little bit, little bit of history. There's a lot you can read on it. So go ahead because it's fun. And once you see the show... It just drives you to want to know more. It did with me, anyway. If your local theater or something does The Music Man, I'm yeah. just going to say, go see it. Bring it's your a great kids, show. bring it's a your great family. Show. It's a great show, even if it is about a con artist who cons a oh, whole city geez. and gets away with it. Anyway, you guys, you can become a Patreon member and support the podcast and keep us on the air at 
patreon.com slash Joe Dombrowski. Over there, you will find the Let's Watch TV hotline. The Let's Watch TV hotline is there for you. Go ahead, give it a call, and let us know what TV show you want us to watch when we get back to Let's Watch TV shows and we're done in New York. So keep us posted, and we'll see you next time on Let's Watch Broadway. Bye. Bye.